Hello, and welcome to this special edition of MLB Morning Coffee. This is your host, Greg Moraz, coming to you from the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. Because Major League Baseball is on hold due to the coronavirus, and there's really not a whole lot of news to report other than injuries, we've decided to go into a 30-part series. What 30-part series, might you ask? Well, a 30-part series that gives the top 10 players of every Major League Baseball franchise. Our next top 10 list is another legendary franchise, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Like the Giants, the Dodgers' beginnings were in New York City and played there in Brooklyn until 1957 when they moved cross-country to Los Angeles and became the L.A. Dodgers. They played in the L.A. Memorial Coliseum from 1958 until 1961 and in Dodger Stadium from 1962 until the present day. The Dodgers have six World Series titles spanning the years from 1955 to 1988. The Dodgers, though, have had lots of legendary figures before and after their years of World Series runs. They've won 23 NL pennants and 18 Western Division titles. The Dodgers are also full of Hall of Famers, so this is going to be a pretty difficult list. But without further ado, here are the top 10 Los Angeles Dodgers of all time. And granted, this list also spans back to Brooklyn. So, the top 10 overall Dodgers of all time. Number 10 on our list is somebody that's known more for his speed than anything else, and that's Maury Wills. Maury Wills played 14 seasons in the big leagues, 12 of them with the Dodgers. His career began in 1959, and he played for the Dodgers until 1966, when he spent two years with the Pirates and one year with the Montreal Expos. He then came back to the Dodgers and finished his career from 1969 to 1972. Wills has a lifetime batting average of 281 with a 330 on on-base percentage. The best years of his career were in the early years with the Dodgers. He made five all-star teams in his first eight seasons and played over 130 games in all but one of his first eight years. Wills won the MVP in 1962 when he stole a league-high 104 bases. He had 299 that season with a 347 on on-base percentage. Wills was the epitome of a fundamental baseball player. In each of his first six years, with the exception of his first year in which he did not play a full season, Wills stole at least 35 bases in all of those seasons, including 104, like we said, in 1962, and 94 in 1965. He led the league in stolen bases in each of those six seasons. Wills was also a pretty darn good defender as well, winning gold gloves in 1961 and in 1962, although he did not win another gold glove after that. Wills was a five-time All-Star, making the All-Star team in 61, 62, 63, 65, and 66. Wills was also a part of three World Series teams in 1959, 1963, and in 1965. Maury Wills is number 10 on this list because of the fact that he was such a key cog on a team that was so good. At the time of his retirement, Wills was the Dodgers' franchise leader in stolen bases with 490. This is why Maury Wills is number 10 on our all-time top 10 Dodgers list. Number 9 on this list is the only player that is still active, and that is Clayton Kershaw. To this point in his 12-year Major League career, Kershaw has posted a 169-74 and record with an ERA of 244. For the decade of the 2010s, Kershaw is known as one of the most dominating left-handed pitchers in all of baseball. 
From 2011 until 2017, Kershaw made the All-Star team in every year. He had injury problems in 2018 that limited him to 26 starts, but in 2019, he ended up back on the All-Star team. In his seven consecutive All-Star appearances, Kershaw won the Cy Young Award in three of those seasons, his first in 2011, his second in 2013, and his third in 2014. With the exception of 2015, Kershaw finished in the top three of Cy Young voting from 2011 to 2017. Kershaw's best season by far was his 2014 Cy Young campaign, in which he went 21-3, leading the league in wins and having a league-best 177 ERA. Kershaw had a major league-best six complete games, and that's despite throwing only 198 innings. And the reason we only say 198 innings is in the stretch from 2010 until 2015, it's the only year in which he threw under 200 innings. Kershaw also had a league-best 181 FIP, a stat that's an indicator of what a pitcher actually does with an average defense. A couple of other impressive Kershaw stats are his strikeout numbers. Kershaw has led the league in strikeouts three different times, including in 2015 when he struck out a career-high 301 batters. Kershaw has also piled up lots of wins. Kershaw has three different seasons of at least 18 wins, including two seasons with 21 wins, 2011 and 2014. Kershaw won 16 games in 2013, 16 in 2015, 18 in 2017, and 16 in 2019. One of the reasons why Kershaw isn't higher is that his career is far from over. But another reason why he's not higher is that he has not gotten over the hump to win the World Series. One thing that we forgot to mention is that in 2014, not only did Kershaw win his third Cy Young, but he also won the MVP award. And when you post a record of 21-3 with a 1.77 ERA as a starter, those are MVP-worthy numbers. By the time it's all said and done, Kershaw may be higher on this list, but because the rest of his career has yet to be written and he has not led the Dodgers to a World Series, that is why Clayton Kershaw is number nine on our list of the top ten Dodgers of all time. Number eight is another dominating pitcher of his generation, Oral Hershiser. Hershiser began his career with the Dodgers in 1983 and played with L.A. up until 1994, moving on to Cleveland. Hershiser spent three years with the Indians, one year with the Giants, one year with the Mets, and then came back for one final hurrah with the Dodgers in the year 2000. Hershiser was critical in the Dodgers' 1988 World Series run. He led the league with 23 wins, posted a 2.26 ERA, and led the league with 267 innings, including 15 complete games and a league-high eight shutouts. He won the Cy Young Award that year, his only Cy Young Award, and also won his only gold glove. Hershiser finished third in Rookie of the Year voting in 1984, posting an 11-8 record with a 2.66 ERA. But he came back in 1985 and won 19 games, had only three losses over 34 starts, pitched 239 and two-thirds innings, and finished third in the Cy Young voting. His best years were from 87 to 89, making his only three All-Star appearances in those years, winning 16, 23, and 15 games, and pitching over 250 innings in each of those years, leading the National League all of those times. Hershiser won the Cy Young, as we said, in 1988, but finished fourth in the Cy Young in 87 and in 89. Plus, in that 88 season, he also finished sixth in the MVP voting. One of the main reasons why Hershiser is so high on this list is because of the fact that he was so dominant in the 1988 playoffs. 
He started games one and three of the NLCS against the New York Mets and picked up the save in game four. He pitched a shutout in game seven and was selected as the NLCS MVP. So think about this. He pitched three of the seven games as a starter and then one game as the closer, the game directly after he started. In the World Series, he pitched a shutout in Game 2 against the Oakland A's, which was the night after Kirk Gibson's legendary walk-off homer against Dennis Eckersley, and then went a complete game in Game 5, giving them the World Series win over the A's. In his 17-year career, Hershiser finished with 204 wins and a 348 ERA. Hershiser probably would have been higher on this list, but his numbers post-LA were just quite simply not that good. His 1995 season with the Cleveland Indians is the only year away from the Dodgers in which he posted an ERA under four. Hershiser is beloved because of what he did in the 80s, and that's why he is number eight on our top ten all-time Dodgers. Although he only played ten years in the big leagues, all with the Brooklyn Dodgers, number seven on our list is probably the best catcher in franchise history, Roy Campanella. He played all 10 years of his major league career with the Brooklyn Dodgers, hitting a lifetime 276 with a 360 on base percentage. He hit 242 homers and drove in 856 runs. His best year in the bigs came in 1953 when he won the MVP award, smacking 41 homers, driving in a league high 142 runs while hitting 312. Campanella won three MVP awards in a career that, like we said, lasted just 10 seasons. In 1951, his first MVP, he hit 33 homers, drove in 108 runs, hit 325 with a 393 on base percentage. And in 1955, his third and final MVP, he hit 318 with 32 homers and 107 RBI. All three of his MVP seasons are the only years of his career in which he had over 100 RBI, but he had one 30-plus homer season that was not an MVP season. That was in 1950 when he had 31 homers, drove in 89 runs, and hit 281. Campanella had a fall-off to his career. His last two seasons, he hit just 219 and 242. He made the All-Star team every year from 1949 to 1956. That was eight consecutive seasons and still made the All-Star team in that 1956 season despite hitting only 219 overall that season. Campanella was forced to retire before the 1958 season because he was paralyzed after a car accident in January of 1958. Campanella then went on to hold positions in community relations and scouting and was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1969. Who knows what would have happened to Campanella had he not been in that car accident and had he been able to play a couple of years in L.A.? But for the 10 years that he did play, he went down as one of the most productive catchers in franchise history. Roy Campanella, number 7 on our top 10 all-time Dodgers. Number 6 on our list is another Dodger that spent the first part of his career in Brooklyn, Duke Snyder. In an 18-year big league career, Snyder hit 407 home runs, drove in 1,333 RBI, and hit a lifetime 295 with a 380 on-base percentage. Snyder made the all-star team in seven consecutive years from 1950 until 1956. His best year by far in the big leagues was 1955, where he hit 42 homers, drove in a league-best 136 runs, and hit 309. In 1956, he had a league-best 399 on base percentage and led the league with 43 homers while driving in 101 runs. His best finish in the MVP voting was in that 1955 season, and he finished in the top five in the MVP voting from 1953 until 1955. Amazingly, he never actually won an MVP, 
But in the years that he made the All-Star team from 50 to 56, he never finished outside the top 10 in MVP voting except for one time in 1951 where he did not place in the MVP voting. His last All-Star appearance was in 1963 when he was playing with the New York Mets, and he actually finished his career with the San Francisco Giants. Very much like a lot of other Dodgers late in their career, he fell off once the Dodgers moved to L.A. His power numbers fell off completely from 57 to 58. He had 40 homers in 57 and 15 homers in 1958. Although, again, Snyder was instrumental in the Dodgers winning their first World Series, which came in 1955. One story that we didn't bring up during our Roy Campanella segment is that Campanella and Snyder both had the same amount of first place votes for MVP in 1955, a year in which Campanella won the MVP and Snyder finished second. The reason, though, that Snyder didn't win the MVP is that one ballot was disallowed because they ended up having Campanella's name as the first place and the fifth place vote, and that came from a voter in Philadelphia that was in the hospital at the time. The total votes ended up going to Campanella, which is why Snyder ended up finishing second. However, if it was a consolation for Snyder, he did end up winning the 1955 Sporting News Player of the Year. In 1980, Snyder was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and his number four jersey was retired by the Dodgers. With over 400 career home runs and a legacy that spans both Brooklyn and L.A., Duke Snyder is one of the legendary Dodger position players, and that's why he is number six on our all-time Dodgers list. Number five on our list may be a little bit high on some people's lists, but for me, because of Fernando Mania, Fernando Valenzuela is number five. In 1981, he rose from obscurity to stardom by going 13-7 and with a 248 ERA, having 11 complete games and eight shutouts, en route to helping the Dodgers win the 1981 World Series. He won the Cy Young Award as a rookie and also won the Rookie of the Year, finishing fifth in the MVP voting. He made six consecutive All-Star games from 1981 until 1986, and he finished in the top five in the Cy Young Award voting four times during that span. Valenzuela's best season after 1981 came in 86 when he led the league with 21 wins, had a 314 ERA, pitched 269 innings, had 20 complete games, including three shutouts, and he ended up finishing second in the Cy Young Award voting that season and won his only gold glove. Valenzuela left the Dodgers after the 1990 season, going to his crosstown rival, the California Angels. He struggled due to injury in 91 with the Angels and ended up playing in the Mexican Leagues in 1992. He came back to the big leagues with the Orioles in 93 and then bounced from the Phillies to the Padres and then ended his career with the Cardinals. His Dodger statistics were superb, posting 141 wins over 331 games, including 320 starts. He had 29 shutouts in 107 complete games in 11 years with L.A. Valenzuela won two World Series with the Dodgers, although his 88 impact was not nearly as great as his 81 impact. With his funky motion and his screwball, Fernando Valenzuela is one of the most likable Dodgers of all time. Valenzuela dealt with shoulder problems over the latter half of his career, and one might wonder what the rest of his career would have been like if he had stayed fully healthy. But nobody will ever forget that 1981 season in Dodger lore, and thus this is why Fernando Valenzuela, number five on our list of all-time Dodgers. Although never winning a Cy Young, number four on our list had one of the longest and most successful careers of any starting pitcher in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and that would be Don Sutton. 
Don Sutton pitched 16 of his 23 years in the big leagues with the Dodgers, compiling 233 of his 324 career wins. As a Dodger, he had a 3.09 ERA and made 533 starts, including 156 complete games and 52 shutouts. Overall in his career, he had a 3.26 ERA and 324 career wins. Although never winning a Cy Young Award, Sutton finished in the top five of Cy Young voting from 1972 until 1976. His best season in the big leagues came in 1974, a year where he did not make the All-Star team. He made a league-high 40 starts, posted a 19-9 record and a 3.23 ERA. Sutton pitched over 200 innings from 1966 until 1980, which was all of the first 15 of his years with the Dodgers. He left the Dodgers after 1980 and went to the Astros in 1981. He then bounced from the Brewers to the A's to the California Angels and came back for the final season of his career with the Dodgers in 1988, winning a World Series title. Sutton's career was the epitome of consistency. From 1966 until 1983, Sutton won double-digit games in every season. He only won more than 20 games once, and that was in 1976 when he went 21-10, despite not making the All-Star team. But Sutton's ERAs in the first part of his career were outstanding. In 1972, he had a 2.08 ERA when he went 19-9, and in 1973, he had a 2.42 earned run average. In the year where he made 40 starts, he had a 3.23 ERA, but came back down to 2.87 in 1975. Sutton was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1998, and his son Darren Sutton became a broadcaster, most notably for the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Detroit Tigers. Don Sutton never won anything with the Dodgers except for his title in 1988. He had already left the Dodgers after 1980 and missed out on the 1981 title. But because of his longevity and the fact that he was able to pitch 23 seasons in the big leagues and rack up 324 wins, despite not all of them coming with the Dodgers, Don Sutton was on the legendary Dodger arms, and that's why he is number four on our top ten all-time Dodgers. Number three on our list is not just one of the top Dodgers of all time, but one of the top starting pitchers of the 1960s. That will be Don Drysdale. Drysdale, in 14 seasons, all of them with the Dodgers, posted 209 wins, had a career ERA of 295, and had 49 shutouts to go along with 167 complete games. He won one Cy Young Award, that coming in 1962, and was a part of Dodgers World Series teams in 1959, 1963, and 1965. Drysdale's best season came in his Cy Young year of 62 when he posted a league-high 25 wins, had a 2.83 ERA, started 41 games, had 19 complete games, and pitched a league-best 314 innings. Drysdale was an eight-time All-Star and in consecutive years from 1961 until 1965. One of the reasons why Drysdale doesn't get more noticed is because of the fact that he pitched in the shadow of probably one of the, and we won't spoil it, greatest Dodgers of all time, Sandy Koufax. One thing you could always depend on with Drysdale was his dependability. He made at least 40 starts in four consecutive years from 62 until 65. He made 42 starts in 63 and 65, the two years that the Dodgers won the World Series in the generation of the 60s. Drysdale won at least 12 games every year from 1957 until 1968. And his last year, 1969, he won just five games. But Drysdale is somebody that probably would have had a longer major league career if it weren't for injury trouble. Despite this, Drysdale was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame 
1984. He died in 1993 in Montreal. He was just 56 years of age, but he was an L.A. guy through and through, which is really interesting because he started his career with the Brooklyn Dodgers. He was born and raised in Van Nuys, California, which is just outside of downtown L.A. The biggest accomplishment, though, that Drysdale had was his feat in 1968 when he pitched six consecutive shutouts and had a streak of 58 and two-thirds of scoreless innings. He was one of the most dominant pitchers of his generation, and because of that, Don Drysdale is number three on our all-time list of greatest Dodgers. Number two on our list is one of the most well-known baseball players of all time, Jackie Robinson. In 1947, Jackie Robinson broke baseball's color barrier, becoming the first African-American player to play Major League Baseball. But one of the things that gets underscored about Robinson is how good of a player he was. In that 47 season, he won the Rookie of the Year award. He played in 151 games, hitting 297 with a 383 on base percentage. He stole a league-high 29 bases, hit 12 homers, and drove in 48 runs. Two seasons later, he started a streak of six consecutive All-Star Game appearances, including an MVP award in 1949. That 49 season, he hit 16 homers, drove in 124 runs, which, think about it, to hit that few homers and to drive in that many runs is impressive. He also led the league in stolen bases. He led the league in average at 342 and had an on-base of 432. Robinson, the next season, hit 328 with 81 RBI, and the year after that, he hit 338 with 88 runs driven in and a career-high 19 homers. His 1952 season, he led the league in on-base percentage at 440. Robinson's career came to an end after the 1956 season, as effects from diabetes were slowly but surely wearing him down. He struck out swinging to end the 1956 World Series, which would be his final career at bat. Robinson would then go on to become the president of Chock Full of Nuts, a coffee corporation based out of New York City. Robinson, however, died young at 1953 from a heart attack that he suffered at his home in Connecticut. Robinson's legacy, though, is so much more than his playing career. He opened the door for countless African-American players and, in turn, countless other minorities to be able to play Major League Baseball in an era that was still segregated in the South and prejudiced all across the country. Every year there is a Jackie Robinson Day in which Robinson is honored for his contributions to the game and everybody around Major League Baseball wears his number 42 jersey. Robinson's jersey is the only jersey to be retired throughout all of Major League Baseball. Robinson was elected to the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame in 1962, just six years after he retired from playing. One of the sad things about Jackie Robinson not making it to L.A. is that he actually played collegiately in L.A., starting his career at Pasadena Junior College and then ending up at UCLA. The field at UCLA bears his namesake. Robinson had a career batting average of 311 over his 10 years in Brooklyn with a 409 on-base percentage. Had Robinson played longer, he may be at the top of this list. But number one on our list of all-time Dodgers is by far known as the greatest Dodger of all time. When you think greatest Dodgers of all time, do you know who I'm thinking of? If you don't, you're about to find out. The most dominant starting pitcher of the early 1960s, Sandy Koufax, is by far the greatest Dodger of all time. His final four years in the big leagues, in which he had to retire after 1966 from elbow tendonitis, were some of the four best years in big league history. 
Let's start off in 1963, his second World Series title with the Dodgers. He went 25-5 with a league-best 188 ERA. He had a league-leading 11 shutouts, pitching 311 innings. He won the Cy Young Award and the MVP Award. In 1964, he went 19-5, had a league-best 174 ERA in 223 innings. He only made 28 starts, but he still finished third in the Cy Young Award voting and made the All-Star team. In 1965, he had a 204 ERA, went 26-8, pitched a league-high 335 innings, and struck out a league-best 382 batters. He finished first in Cy Young voting and second in MVP voting. His final season, one of his best ever, 1966, 27-9 with a league best and a career best, 173 earned run average. He had 27 complete games, had a league best five shutouts, which is amazing because he did not lead the league in shutouts in 1965, in which he had three more shutouts, eight, than he did in 1966. He struck out 317 batters in 66, which was a league high, and he pitched 323 innings. He won the Cy Young Award again, and he finished second in the MVP Award again. Because of elbow tendonitis, he did have to retire after the 1966 season. He finished with a career record of 165 and 87, had a career 276 ERA, struck out 2,396 career batters, and was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1972, his first year on the ballot. Koufax is a Brooklyn native and started his career with the Brooklyn Dodgers, winning a World Series with them in 1955. He then won his second World Series with the L.A. Dodgers in 59 and then won the World Series in 63 and 65. Sandy Koufax is known for having the greatest curveball of all time. Koufax can still be seen at Dodger playoff games. And I'll say this, for somebody that's 84 years old as of today, he sure looks pretty darn good for his age. Koufax earned the nickname the left arm of God because, well, his stuff was just that good. And with Sandy Koufax, our list of top 10 Dodgers is complete here on MLB Morning Coffee. We did have two honorable mentions that we wanted to just throw in at the end here. Mike Piazza and Steve Garvey both had great careers, but Piazza was a little bit more known for his time with the Mets than it was with the Dodgers. Garvey also had some very impactful years, including the 1974 MVP in which he drove in 111 runs. Garvey had somewhat of a slow start to his Dodgers career, and he finished his last five years with the San Diego Padres. A couple of other figures that we do want to put on our list of greatest Dodgers of all time, they weren't players. Tommy Lasorda, one of the greatest managers ever, we've got to put him on there. And then maybe the greatest broadcaster of all time, Vin Scully, and one of the most polarizing owners, the guy who moved the Dodgers from Brooklyn to L.A., Walter O'Malley. So with that, we are going to say goodbye here on another Top 10 edition of MLB Morning Coffee. Make sure that you go back, listen to our Top 10 Giants, our Top 10 Cubs. We're going to have a really fun episode for you tomorrow. We are going to be bringing on a major leaguer. Yes, that's right. We have got a current big leaguer that is scheduled to come on the podcast. You want to know who that is? Well, you better tune in tomorrow for another edition of MLB Morning Coffee. Make sure you write a review, leave a rating, and as of course, subscribe. Email the show. You can email me at greg.maraz at yahoo.com. You can also tweet me 
at Greg D. Mraz. That's G-R-E-G, capital D, capital M-R-O-Z. Have a great rest of your day. Hope that you're staying safe, and we will have another top 10 for you on Wednesday. Don't know who it's going to be yet? You're just going to have to tune in and find out. So long for now, and we'll catch you in the a.m.